Well, there you have it. Imagine Conference is going to be an incredible time together for us here at True North. You know, at this point, I'd also like to say hello to everyone at our Meroa campus. So good to uh, so good to connect with you in this way. And if you're at Meroa, can you give us a big round of applause? Everyone at our Meroa campus, I want to hear that there's a lot of noise happening at our Meroa campus. Campus, Ryan, can you give me a text? Let me know how rowdy it is over there. And uh, and us here at Malalu, we're thinking of you guys and celebrating together our great God. And uh, what I wanted to do as we uh, all join in. And also for those joining us at home as well, if you're in your living room or wherever you might be, I hope that already you felt a sense of God's presence and feeling a joy inside of you as you reflect on who God is and what He's done. Uh, but what I'd love to do right now, as you, if you were around last week, you would have seen us do this. And if you haven't, if you missed that, we, uh, we want to give you an opportunity to meet a brand new member of True North who's going to come care of Lisa and Dean. Great to see you. So can, we, can we welcome Dean and Lisa? And of course, baby Asher, who really is taking, really taking center stage in this moment. I mean, Dean, you're great. Lisa, wonderful, but Asher's really the big ticket item right now. And uh, yeah, check that out. That's, that's exactly the kind of response you want, just the oohs and the, yeah. And uh, we're, we're so grateful for you guys, so grateful to have you back. And we're going to be hearing a message from Dean shortly. Uh, and I guess, Dean or Lisa, anything you want to share about the, the experiences you've had over the last couple of months and... Uh, there's probably a lot we could share, and I'll, I'll share some of those today, but I guess really today, we just want to say uh, it's so great to be back with everybody. Uh, as Phil was saying, you know, it's been a, a couple of months, so just to be back with our church family has been really special to us. So if you're somebody who's new here at True North, if you're new up there in Mara online, one of the great things about a, a church is not just something you go to uh, on a Sunday. It's a community. It's a tribe. It's a family you're part of, and so I guess for us, we just want to say it's so great to be back with you all and to introduce little Asher to you. So meet Asher. And, and we'll see if he wants to say anything. Do you want to say anything, buddy? No. He's deep in prayer. He's deep in prayer. That's kind of how he rolls. But it's, as I said, so good. Lisa, did you want to say anything this morning? I just wanted to um, say thank you again to all of you who have just supported us so well in these last uh, couple months, uh, the early arrival of our little boy, and just being so far away from our family. You guys really are our family here, and we're thankful for all of you, and our families are thankful for all of you in the way that you have loved us cared for us physically, prayed for us, sent encouraging messages to us along the way. So we just wanted to thank you all so much. Uh, can you give mom a hand? She has been amazing. And uh, yeah, it's so great to be back. So Ash, if you want to go keep praying down there, that's fine, buddy. And oh, one more thing. Here we go. Oh yeah, check it out. Let's see. Let's see if we can, uh, I don't know if you got a zoom back there. I don't know how well those cameras can zoom. But if you can see his shirt, it says, New here? Me too. <laughs> so, if you see me get on that, if you're new here today, Asher says welcome. So, you're in good hands, in good hands. Thanks so much, Pastor Phil. Thanks, guys. And it is, uh, if you're new here, uh, welcome. And if we've not met, uh, again, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team here. Uh, has been a little while since I've gotten to be around, but it's just great uh, to be back with you all. So, you know, as Lisa said, uh, it, it's been about, you know, uh, eight, eight, I think Asher is now 10 weeks. Uh, he's 10 weeks uh, out in the world. He came six weeks early, so he's about four weeks, you know, kind of old, if you will, developmentally. And, but he's doing really well, and, and it's just been an amazing uh, couple of months. 
Um, and today, I want to share some of the reflections. I guess I, I just continued to, I had, I had a couple of, uh, a bit of space there. We didn't anticipate such a, a long break, uh, but with him coming early and all the different things, ended up just turning into something of an almost uh, long service leave kind of vibe. Uh, in fact, uh, today I'm going to be sharing some verses with you that really spoke to me in that time. They're from the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a, a book that's a lot of reflecting on life and the different seasons of life. And, and in some ways, I feel like it was a book probably written by someone on long service leave. Uh, I feel like Solomon just took a break from everything for a little while and just kind of reflected. And, but the things I want to share with you are, are things that I hope will speak into, into your life. One thing I'm always conscious of every time I speak to a, a group of people here in this room in Marrow online, uh, every one of us will be here from a different place on our journey. Some will be experiencing moments of great joy. Uh, some are experiencing uh, moments of great, you know, kind of difficulty or adversity. And we're going to look today at how we process and deal with either of those moments uh, to step more into the life that God wants for us, regardless of what season it is. Uh, you know, I was looking at a, a headline about the pandemic the other day, and I saw this headline and it said that you know the pandemic that we have and it was talking about uh, a pandemic of Karens um, and I wondered if we could talk for a moment about Karens today could could we do that would that be okay now I want to be clear at the outset uh, do we have any Karens in the room uh, either room maybe Meryl here just lift your, lift your hand I want you to know I love people named Karen okay I'm going to start there one of my dearest friends is Karen uh, my wife on her side of the family we have an auntie Karen uh, but this show was talking about the pandemic of Karens because how many people know for some reason uh, the name Karen has come to be used as a slang word for kind of a really difficult person, uh, a person who gets angry and upset and demanding and, and all these things. Is, are we aware of that? Are you aware of that? Give me a nod. Uh, yeah, you were all sitting here going, oh, no, I had to know someone named Karen. Where are we going here? But, you know, we all, we all know that. And I, and I saw this, and I just thought, I've thought to myself, because uh, the Karens I know are, you know, amazing people. Um, and, and, but wouldn't you be so frustrated if because someone who shared a name with you, if the way they lived, they were just so defined by a certain way of being that they full-on hijacked your name, that now your name was only to be used for someone who acted a particular way. You know, how frustrating that must be. And so if your name is Karen, you, you have got a right to stand up and throw a hit. No, you don't. That's not, that's not a Karen thing. Don't do that. Don't do, don't do that. I'm sorry. I, I got off track. But the reason I, I wanted to just, you know, imagine this. Imagine your name could become synonymous with something, a certain way of being in the world. Imagine if there was something that's kind of like when people would do it, they'd think of you and think that's just what they would do. That's the kind of you know, thing, thing to do, what would you hope it would be? You know, part of the reason I think so many, you know, people probably, you know, where did that ever come from? People just started losing it, you know, and in the early days that happened, and a couple of them, their names must have been Karen, and next thing you know, boom, it's just a thing. But we can all kind of relate to it. It's interesting watching the last couple of years have been so challenging in so many different ways, globally, and the pandemic, all these things, and and different things that even though we've lived in a little pocket here in Perth where we've had such a, to some degree, bubble from a lot of the, 
the effects, yet at the same time, still challenges associated with it for everyone. And, and moments like this are an opportunity for us to determine how will we live? Who will we become? And, and, and in the moments like this, we also know, as I said, there's often moments of great joy. Some people experiencing, you know, we're in a moment. We've got a, a baby, a child, an unexpected child, a, a miraculous child. It's, it's, it's like as high as you can get. And so there's all of us will be in different moments and seasons. But I want us to reflect on how, how we become the people we maybe dream we, we could be. If you have kids in our uh, True North Kids program, the last uh, couple of months they were memorizing this verse. It comes from Galatians, and it's the verse that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the idea is that when we know God, he gives us his Spirit, and his Spirit starts to form certain characteristics in us that should become things we are known for. And, and our kids have been memorizing this verse, and, and it tells us that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the fruit that God's Spirit produces in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If we know Christ, that's what he wants to form in our lives. That when people say your name or say my name, they should be going like, wow, when I think of them, I think of love. I think of peace. I think of joy. I think of kindness. I think of somebody who's just gentle and not harsh with others. I think of somebody who's faithful in what they're doing. I think of someone who can be self-controlled. You know, all these Fruits that God, the characteristics that God imagines our life. Would you like your life to be known for those things? And, and I want us to reflect on it. It's so interesting. Uh, I, I found, as I said, I, I, there's this book in the Bible. If you're not familiar with the Bible, it's called Ecclesiastes. It's written by uh, this guy Solomon. And he was someone who was, had wealth and fame and power and all of it. He was someone who, then this book is written out of this reflections on life. You know, my last the eight, nine weeks, you know, just uh, not much to do uh, while I was off apart from uh, change nappies, uh, try to grab small chunks of sleep, uh, feed myself and feed my wife who's keeping a little baby human alive. You know, those were the things we did, but what it meant, I had a lot of time to, to just reflect on life. And, and I was, it happened to be, I read the Bible in a year, it happened to be that it coincided with Ecclesiastes and I so thought, this is somebody who just had, he was on long service leave. He had, he had time and space, the kind of time and space that sometimes in the grind of life we don't always get to stop and think about how we're living, you know, what life's about. I, I want to share with you a couple of verses from it that spoke to me so much, that if you are here and, and you're someone who thinks, you know what, I would like to know a life that had more Peace in it. How many people would like to have a life with more peace in it? Like, just raise your hand, you know? Like all of us. There is none of us going, I, mean, I hope I'm known for being somebody who's like chaotic, out of control, and just can't keep it together. Like, nobody sets out that way. We all want more peace, you know? How many people want a life that has more joy in it? Now, we all want more joy. And yet, the, the challenges of life, if we don't engage with them, in the ways that, you know, I believe the scriptures would lead us to, that, that God dreams us to, we can, we can miss some of what God actually has for our lives. So I hope this is helpful for you. It's been helpful for me.
And if it's not helpful for you, I'm glad it's been helpful for me. It's great. Just love to share. <laughs> so here's the first verse I want to share with you. I found it. I was reading back through. I highlighted these verses when I came across them. It says this in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 14. It says, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. Now, a lot of Ecclesiastes, you read it at first, and you're like, okay, sure. That's good, I think. <laughs> you know? Or we're like, okay, that's the Bible. It must be uh, helpful, but it's like, Really? I need to read that? When times are good, be happy? I kind of <laughs> worked that one out on my own. <laughs> you know, and, and what does this mean? But when times are bad, consider this God made one as well as the other, and no one can discover anything about their future. There's, there's stuff that, and if you're, you know, a person of faith, you're used to the scriptures, you feel like, yeah, no, good, that's great. And we're just like, I don't know if I know what that means, but yeah, it's good, it's great. And I, I read this, and I guess the reason I stopped on it, I just thought, wow, this is a, it was an interesting verse for me. As I said, you know, we were in the middle of experiencing this great joy. Uh, uh, you know, this child had, had come, you know, eight years after being told that it would be impossible, we'll never have a child. Suddenly this, this baby has come. There's this extraordinary joy, extraordinary highs. You know, and then there was like the unexpectedness. He's six weeks early and you go through the feelings of, is everything going to be okay? And how's this all going to go? And, 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 and working through that. But then, oh, no, look, it's going all right. And and then, for, for those of you who don't know as well, then I, about two weeks after he was born, I got the news that my brother had passed away just a few years older than me. And, and, that, and, and I found myself, when I read this, you know, it's like when times are good and when times are bad, and I felt like I'm right in both. I'm experiencing both. And then, how about in the last eight weeks, then there's, and all of us, so all of us have in our life points of joy. All of us have points of sorrow and loss. And then we live in a world where, how about in the last eight weeks? If you watch the news... How many people think you're watching a movie? <laughs> it's like, this has got to be a movie. You know, when we first went to the hospitals, when the Delta variant was starting to come out, like the Delta variant sounds like a movie. You know, if you call a movie the Delta variant, you know, it's like something that the gang on Seinfeld were supposed to go see in a theater and never made it there. Anyway, that's a joke. Some of you will be, be along with me on that. But anyway, you know, it's just like, what? What is this? This Delta variant. So suddenly... You know, and, and over the last eight weeks, and you watch, and we look over on the East Coast, and the difficult things that they're all going through, and like, oh, and it's just rough every day. And, and then there's, you know, humanitarian crises unfolding in Afghanistan, and there's natural disasters, and, you know, the country where we're from, uh, uh, Hurricane Ida. And then New York City one day on the news had, like, white water rafting happening in the subways, and you just watch the news. You're like, what? And then there was like a global report from the UN on the state of the environment. And it's just like it, all the tragedies there. And you look around and you're like, how many people could relate to feeling overwhelmed at times by what's happening around us? And, 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 that, and then there's none of that even at this big picture level even touches on the challenges that will exist in your circle or sphere of influence. And your friends and your family. You know, in our church, there's so many people that I love and care about experiencing really, really difficult times. Difficult uh, in all kinds of ways. And so in all of those realities, we now are supposed to become people, if we're a follower of Jesus, who can walk through it all and grow in love 
and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. How do we do that? And I got to tell you, when I read this verse in Ecclesiastes, I found it so helpful. Because what this verse is trying to get at is this. You know what? When times are good, be happy. Enjoy them. The, the, the idea here, the phrase is that the Hebrew is used for good and bad. It's similar to the words for like prosperity and, and adversity. And in particular, the same kind of idea almost is like a financial context. The idea is almost like when times are good and Things are going well. If you imagine like maybe uh, things are going well business-wise or finance-wise. When times are good, be happy. Be joyful. Be thankful. Don't miss those moments. You know what? In your life, I, you may have some difficulties. I, I, I'm certain of that. But I am equally certain there are places in your life that are actually, it's actually good times. There's some prosperity there. There's some, some flourishing there. Sometimes the things that aren't going well, the adversity can feel so big, it's difficult to see the good. But when times are good, be happy and rejoice and be thankful. Sometimes when times are good, if you're a person of faith, what can happen is sometimes when times are good, we can just end up almost taking it for granted and we just kind of go on our merry way in life. And we forget that God is the one who has made this season. You know, all that is good, it, it comes from our creator who is good and has created good things for us. And when we can journey those good times, thankful to him, grateful that there's a God there, then, then we grow. And we experience joy and happiness. Now, but we realize as well that there are times that are bad, it says. This speaks to the idea of there are times when life is in adverse conditions. There are times when, when the things coming at you are difficult to go through and difficult to navigate. And what do we do at those times? And I love what the writer says. It says, just remember, just consider this, that, that God has created both. And the idea there is not like, okay, God is the one who's just, a, you know, this isn't a, a, a treatise on how it works and how everything in life operates. And so God did this because of that. This isn't that kind of thing. It's just saying this is life and what it looks like here on earth where God has placed us. There are good times and then there are adverse times. And in those adverse times, instead of Sometimes what we can do is we can just rail against them because we all want good times, don't we? We all want good times. We want good times all the time. And, and, I, and I understand that inclination of our heart, but what this reminds us is that in those adverse times, there are, what it's trying to help us understand is there are things that God can only do in those seasons in your life. Do you know the adverse times are probably the times that are most fertile for growth and development in our lives? If we're going to become people of depth, it's probably going to happen in adverse times. Good times are good for being happy. They're good for joy. They're good for all those things. And we thank God for them. And if, we're in, if you're in those seasons, be happy. Don't let this message be like, oh, if you're in good times, you should start feeling miserable and focus on growing. No, no, no. 
It literally says, if you're in good times, be happy. But it reminds us, if you're in adverse times, consider that God will work through that as well. And the simple reality is most people who, if you have journeyed highs and lows, I think most of us in the room would probably put our hands up to say, most of the depth and growth in our lives has probably happened in those adverse times. And, it, and we can realize this, that there are things God can only do in those seasons. He's made one as well as the other. You know, imagine in our world, here's, here's the other amazing thing I love about this verse. It says, therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. Now, we can read that and we're like, what is this guy talking about? You know? you know what he's saying? He's like, look, there's good, there's bad, and you don't know what's coming tomorrow. None of us do. We can all pretend. I saw um, the... The NFL season, we have a lot of Cleveland Browns fans. If you're new at this church, uh, if you're online, if you're in Marowa, we have a lot of people who follow the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. And uh, the season's about to start. And one of my friends sent me a, a text. And there's this guy who, now, the Cleveland Browns are, have not historically been what we call a powerhouse. Uh, I'm sorry, I will, I'll quickly translate. They experience a life much not too dissimilar than the Dockers. Anyways, I just quick translation. <laughs> That's just, everybody's with me, right? Okay, so you don't need to know about it, now you know. This guy put a bet on the Cleveland Browns for $150,000 to win their division. $150,000. They would pay out at like one and a half million bucks. Um, now, uh, I, I didn't want to tell you the secret that it's me. But anyway, no, just kidding. That's <laughs> as much as I would love to do that. But anyway, you know what? Guess what? No one knows if that'll happen. No one knows. And you know what? You don't, we can all think we know what should happen in the future or what will or what. We don't know. The, it's just going, you just have to understand this. You might be in a good season. And you know what? Be happy and joyful because you, you don't know if that season's about to change. And I don't mean that in like a you should be scared about that. But just to like, we should always make the most of the moment we find ourselves in. And likewise, you may be in a difficult season. And you don't know but that that may not change and flip on its head tomorrow. And so the question becomes, what will I do with this moment right here, right now? What, wouldn't it be a shame if, if we missed uh, the unique opportunities for growth that 2020 and 2021 have presented us with? Wouldn't it be a shame if even the difficulty you were going through if, if you missed within it the gifts it could offer of growth and depth. I, 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 my prayer, hope for everyone is you just live within those times that are good seasons. But we know that both are going to be there. And I think the, the idea is to not, not deny either, but to soak both of them for all they're worth. You know, in, in the book of James... He talks about this idea of experiencing uh, adversity or is pure joy in our lives. And at the end of James' discussion on this idea, because of what adversity can do and produce in our character and who we are, he says, if you lack wisdom, you should just ask God for it. You see, when he says, ask God for wisdom, what he's saying is, sometimes in the adverse times that we experience, the, the prayer is not always, there's a prayer for change, and those are good prayers, but there's a prayer that just says, God, would you give me wisdom to know how in this moment I can grow 
I can grow deeper in my walk with you. I can grow deeper in my character. I can grow deeper in the fruit that you want to bring out of my life. I love this verse because it's the, in Ecclesiastes, I love this verse because it's almost like this, this trump card that just says, whether you are in good times or in bad, God can work in your life if we will but turn to him. You know, at the end of Ecclesiastes, there's this, as I said, this, this is a book written by someone who had a lot of time on their hands. Someone who could reflect on all the ups and downs of life that they had gone through and trying to piece a little bit of it together to make a little sense of it all. And at the end of the book, trying to summarize, and he's kind of looked and he's gone, there's so much that, oh, it's just, he uses this phrase, it's chasing after the wind, like what does it benefit, what's the, and he, and he comes to this very end conclusion and he says this, now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. All has been hurt. All the thinking, all the reflecting. Good times, bad times, ups, downs. God is, at the end of it all, he says, just, you know, I don't know what. (laughs) Here's the best thing you can do. Just fear God. The idea of fear God is to trust him, to respect him. What this verse is in a nutshell is an absolute embracing of the fact that he is God and we are not. And actually just going, that's where life and peace are found. Being able to embrace the fact that he's God. And and, and trying to figure it all out, why certain things happen the way they happen, or what should or shouldn't happen. Do you know what's the best thing you can do? What's the best thing in your life is just to say, God, through it all, the ups, the downs, my life is simply, uh, and in my time under the sun, is to love you. Jesus would summarize, what are his commandments? It's to love God with your whole heart and to love others as yourself. And this is, this is life, when we actually embrace that reality. You know what I love about the freedom of embracing the fact that he's God and we're not? If you are someone who has felt ever overwhelmed by all of the, all those things, maybe even the global level I just mentioned, all these things, they could be absolutely overwhelming. How much bad times or adversity out there there seems to be in the world. It could be overwhelming if you let it. Our own pain can be overwhelming if we allow it. Certainly trying to carry the pain of others or carry the pain of planet Earth for that matter is what it feels like at times. Because we don't just carry our pain or our family's pain sometimes now or just even our circle around. We carry the pain of literally all of the world because it's all coming at us all the time, right in our pocket. We're connected to every bit of pain on earth. Has anybody ever realized that right now? And do you know what this verse reminds you? You know what? You're not God. So don't, don't try to think you can hold it all. Don't try to think you can process it all. But there is freedom that is found when we go, you know what? I can't carry it all. I can't process it all. I can't be in charge of it all. I can't tell God everything about how it should work. But I can just walk through life going, but God, I, I'm just going to love you. And I'm going to love others. I'm going to go through life and I'm going to go, God, good seasons. Oh, you made it. And I give you thanks. And in bad seasons or adverse seasons, God, 
What can you do in this season you could do in no other season? You know, I think these verses, they remind us that what God wants most for us, we want good times all the time, but God has something bigger in mind for us than us just being happy all the time. He wants to grow who we are. He wants to grow, as James says, our character, and he wants to grow our He wants to grow us to maturity. He's got a bigger picture in mind than just this moment. He wants us to become people who can live by love, this love for God and love for others. And it happens as we choose to journey each and every season with him. If we will walk through every season with him, if we will trust that God can work in every and any moment, then we'll never waste moments. We won't waste the good times when they come, and we won't waste the adverse times when they come. And through it all, we'll realize he is is doing something in us. You know, for some of you here today, I I just know you need to, to just know God is, and God can be at work right where you are. Whatever is happening in your life, in his hands, if you will journey it with him, There are things he can do uniquely in this moment, whether good, whether bad. But his invitation is, this is is all you got to do. God says, just fear me, love me, respect me, honor me. Just walk in my ways. You know, I want to read to you Jesus' invitation. He almost reframes this idea. It's a well-known passage in Matthew chapter 11. And It's Jesus' invitation to every person. If you're someone who's new to faith or new to church and wondering what this is all about, do you know what the whole idea of what it is to, you know, to follow Jesus, what we're all about here, what we want our whole tribe, is to just realize it's about knowing Jesus and knowing he actually wants to walk through your life with you. He wants to walk through each season with you. He wants to journey it close to you. You got questions? He wants you to ask him those questions. You got stuff in your heart that needs to get out? He wants you to bring it to him. You got good times happening? He wants to celebrate with you. And Jesus, when he was looking at people who gotten overwhelmed trying to have life all together, trying to just do it all right and make sure they got it all right, This was his invitation. I love it from the message version. He once said, are you tired? Are you worn out? I think today to some of us, he might say, are you overwhelmed by it all? Does it feel like too much? Are you burned out on religion? Are you burned out on trying to act like you've got it all together? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. Where is hope? Where is peace? Where is wholeness? It's found in getting away with Jesus. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll show you where that rest for your soul is found. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. You know, Jesus is using a picture here. And may is familiar. It's the idea of yoking together two cattle, an older, seasoned, wise, you know, Cattle, I don't get the right word. Piece of cattle, can you say that? That's the wrong word. An older, 
an older cattle next to a younger one. And, and I don't know what the singular of cattle is, all right? So we're just working with it. But yoked together, the young learns from the older, figures out how to walk and work, what the pace should be. He says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In an overwhelmed world, man, wouldn't it be great to learn some unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus says to each one of us, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if the, if the thing people said about every Christ follower or Christian, if you will, but every person who said, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus, wouldn't it be amazing if, oh, it was always, man, those people live so freely and lightly. In good seasons, full of joy. In overwhelming seasons, they're not overwhelmed. They journey it all. This is Jesus saying, I will journey it with you. And you'll learn how to live freely, lightly, rest for your soul. You know, this morning, the, I guess in so many ways, my message is just, just want to say to you, whatever season you find yourself in, is today just a good day to say, you know what, Jesus, I don't, I don't know it all, but I know this. I want to walk with you. I want you to teach me. I recognize whatever season I'm in, there are things you can do and teach me only in this season. And so I don't want to miss those things. I want to stay yoked up to you, Jesus. I want you to, Jesus, put your arm around my shoulder and can we just walk this out together? what we need most. Guarantee it. Every one of us. What we need most. He's the one who loves you, created you, made you. And he's the one who says, I want to journey with you. And I want to show you how to live. And when we just simply respond and say, I want to walk with you, Jesus. There's freedom. There's peace. There's joy. There's love. There's kindness. There's gentleness that comes in. We're changed. We're shaped. We learn how to live. You know, I'm going to invite you just to stand up where you are. If you're at Marowa, stand up. If you're at home, wherever you are, just to stand up for a moment. And I want to encourage you to grab a little bit of space for a moment. I'm going to take a couple of moments to just stop and to, to just breathe in. The air he's created for us to breathe and just to just to be for a moment, not having to figure it all out, but just to be. And I want to encourage you to just hear that invitation that Jesus may be saying to you, can we just walk together? Would you just walk with me? And the one thing you can do or pray is maybe today just to say for some of you, you know what, Jesus, I just today recognize I want to walk with you. I want to learn from you. I want to find that life that you're talking about there. You know, you may have made that decision many, many times. You may have never made that decision before. You may, today might just be a one, but it, maybe today's a day you just want to declare again in your heart and life that Jesus, I want to walk with you. Just invite him in, welcome him in. 
And if that's the, the case for you, I want to pray especially for you today because what I'm convinced the world needs most right now is people who will carry the love and peace and joy of Jesus Christ. No matter what circumstance is going on. So why don't you take a moment? You can just bow your head if you want. You can close your eyes. You can do what's going to work well for you to create space in your heart to connect with the one who is alive and present and here with you, Jesus. You know, if you find yourself today just saying, Jesus, I want more of you. I want to walk with you this week. I want you to show me how to walk the moment I'm living in. I want you to show me how to walk this out. Whether it's the first time you're saying, Jesus, I want to walk with you, or, or the, you know, 1,000th time, I'd love to pray especially for you. And so I want to encourage you just to do something. You can either hold your hands out, open in front of you to receive of his spirit, or maybe even lift a, a hand just straight up to him as a way of just saying, Jesus, I want to walk with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here and you are present. Every person who is listening in a part of this moment, you are right there with them. And right now I want to pray for them as they, as people stretch out hands to you, as they open themselves to you, I want to pray right now a fresh, a fresh anointing, a fresh filling, a fresh indwelling of your Holy Spirit to be present with them. I want to pray that, Lord Jesus, you will be present in such a profound way, not just in this room, but as they go home, as they go into their week, as they go into their days, their work, their study, their play. Lord Jesus, I pray that they will know that, in fact, you are walking right along with them, your arm around their shoulder. I pray that their conversations with you would be rich with depth. And I pray that, God, they would know the freedom to live lightly and freely as you say, as you promise us, Lord. Make that true in their lives. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen, amen.